if you think about what I do for a living, we're managing people's biggest asset. And the biggest challenge we have is telling people what they do not want to hear. You got to pick yourself up, go backwards and slam yourself at the wall like 500 more times until the wall crumbles. 25% of middle school girls already believe they'll never achieve their dream career. career. Hi, I'm Kara Golden, founder and CEO of Hint. Hint. And you're listening to Unstoppable, a podcast spotlighting the journeys of inspiring entrepreneurs. I believe that at its core, leadership is about constantly learning from the people around you. And I'm so inspired by the conversations we're having in our upcoming episodes and can't wait to share them with you. This season, some of my guests include Rebecca Minkoff, fashion designer and founder of the Female Founder Collective, Diana Kaff, author of Girls Who Run the World, Andrew Dudham, founder of Hymns, and Eugene Rem, co-founder of Rumble Fitness, and much, much more. Plus, we ask the million-dollar question, what does it really take to be unstoppable? Let's find out. Hi, everybody. It's Kara Golden from Unstoppable, and we're here today with my friend and fearless real estate mogul, Tracy McLaughlin. I'm super excited to have her here today. We are going to talk a little bit about Tracy's journey, but she also just wrote this book called Real Estate Rescue, which is so good. Tracy was not only my realtor, full disclosure, but also just like a person that I was always asking her for advice on, Tracy, what if I did this? What if I did this? What if I did this? And so she knows how to not only buy real estate, but sell real estate. I want to talk to her a little bit about what's going on now and the midst of COVID life and people moving and selling and buying and all of that kind of stuff too. But anyway, Tracy, welcome. Super excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm really excited to talk to you, Kara. Super, super excited. So she's one of the top real estate agents in the country. I met her in Marin County. She's currently, she just showed me a picture for those of you listening on on audio in Aspen, where she is right now. And it's snowing in the middle of like September. I mean, what is going on in this country? It's insane what's going on with the weather. But anyway, so Tracy, I'm looking at some of these stats. She was named Marin County's top producing agent in 2019 for a record-breaking Okay, everybody ready for this? 14th straight year? I mean, this is insane, Tracy. It's like it's crazy. I'm so proud of you. With over 176 million in closed transactions. Wow. She was ranked number 20 in the country, number 10 in California. I mean, this list goes on and on. She's the real deal in terms of real estate and her understanding of just the local markets and I think it's even bigger than that. I think you've just got a gut for just consumers and buying and selling and everything around the luxury market. You've just got such a grasp of what's going on out there. And I want to talk not only about her book, but also is there other stuff going on in the Tracy media world? I don't know if we could talk about it or not, but I'm excited to ask her about it. So Tracy, welcome and really excited to have you. Thank you. I really appreciate being here, Kara. Yeah. So take us back to the beginning. How did you get into real estate? 
Well, you know, I kind of fell into it backwards and very accidentally. I uh, I was in working in television news as an anchor reporter for various NBC affiliates around the country. And then I had gone on to co-host and co-produce my own television called Jeeps Inside Skiing, which was shot all over the world and largely about, you know, skiing resort communities. It was a half hour PM magazine format show. And I was four months pregnant with our first child And we were scheduled to go over to Russia and hop into these Russian military helicopters and do all of this. What? This is crazy. Yes. And my husband, my then husband said, that's it. You're not, no more traveling for you on that show. It was a total adventure show. I was four months pregnant. He didn't want me traveling. And I thought, what am I going to do? This is the only world I know is journalism. So we bought the house down the street from us in Tiburon, where we lived at the time. And I flipped it. I just seemed to have like a sixth sense. I walked in, I understood what to do to monetize the home almost like, you know, very, very naturally and without a lot of education in that arena. And we made great money. And I thought, oh, that was kind of fun and easy. I'll try another one of those. We kept doing them. I eventually got my license and then eventually really went full throttle into the brokerage business. I had no idea. You know, I was an English literature major. I love journalism. I love writing. The last thing I ever thought I would do is go into sales. Like, talk about not predicting your future. So that's how it happened. That's crazy. So now you're with the agency. And tell me a little bit more about that. You know, I grew a couple of brokerages, including Pacific Union, which became one of the top brokerages in the country. We sold that to Compass, which is a huge, it's a behemoth. And I just, I'm a brand person and I like to feel and touch a brand. And I felt that just because of the the largest of Compass, that would be better fit for me to be at a more of a boutique brokerage that has a very strong brand recognition. And I also like Mauricio Umansky a lot. He's the founder, he and Billy Rose. It's, you know, got a lot of entertainment clients. There's a lot of back and forth between LA and the Bay Area. And they're real innovators. They're, you know, hey, you like Aspen? Let's open a shop in Aspen, Tracy. I mean, they're, they're sort of willing to do anything, very entrepreneurial spirits. So that's why I decided to go uh, with the agency. And it's been a lot of fun. It's a great. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, 
Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, The Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think, and makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Brokerage. So you're doing real estate with them in the Bay Area as well as Aspen? Almost exclusively Marin County right now, but they did recently open an office here and I'm building a home here. And so it's just nice for me to also have a place to hang my hat when I'm here. But my transactions are largely Marin County still and a little bit of San Francisco. I love it. Very, very cool. So 
Talk about real estate right now. I mean, obviously, you know, especially from the Bay Area, lots of people, you know, I feel like coming and going, I mean, and you and I haven't talked about this before the call, but like Marin County, I feel like is still, you know, there's a lot of people shifting into Marin County real estate is pretty hot right now, correct? Oh my gosh. I mean, who would have thought that we would be the beneficiary of a pandemic? I mean, it's, I, when we got the notification for shelter in place, I think that was March 9th. I mean, I went into this immediate, oh my gosh, we're at the top, you know, of a roller coaster. We're going to drop off like we did at 9-11 and again in 2008 uh, with the mortgage banking crisis. I just was prepared for the absolute worst. I mean, none of us could predict what was going to happen when every business is shut down and nobody's leaving their homes. And it turned out actually just to be the opposite as things started to open up. I've never in my career seen more unanticipated decision-making and immediacy of need than I've seen in the last six months. I mean, people that were lifetime San Francisco, I'll never leave the city, I'll never be a suburban person, packed their bags, drove over the bridge, bought something, you know, in the first round of showings. And that's been, that's really been going on consistently now for six months. And the main message is, you know, I want an open great room that leads directly to the pool, indoor, outdoor living and recreational components at my domicile because my kids are learning here eight hours a day and then they need to go blow off some steam. So they need to swim. They need to go down the gym. They need to lift weights. You know, whatever you can do to create recreation at home is what's trending in Marin right now. So it's been really interesting to watch. Yes, huge, consistent pilgrimage coming from San Francisco to Marin County. That's it. And you talked about San Francisco and you bought, you ended up buying a place in San Francisco. So, I mean, I love that you, you know, I really think you have vision. And what do you think is happening for San Francisco right now? I mean, do you think it's a buyer's market? Um, You know, what is sort of your thoughts on it? Yeah, certainly for condos, it's a buyer's market right now, which is part of the reason I did it. There's, you know, just for obvious reasons, people don't want vertical living. They don't want to be in elevators. They don't want to have to go through, you know, doormen or whatever. They don't want to contact a lot of people to get in and out of their homes right now. We haven't seen a softening in the San Francisco market for over 10 years. And so that particular component of the market is weak right now. And I thought, why not? I mean, it's always good, I think, to sort of hedge when things seem soft. So I went ahead and I went, you know, I'm going north across the bridge. Everybody else is coming south. But I did it. It'll be a fun experience too, to be back in San Francisco. I think San Francisco, because there's been so much press about the homelessness and sort of the exodus out of the city. I'm very hopeful that that's going to put a lot of pressure on the powers that be there, you know, governmental powers, private citizen groups that are trying to do something about homelessness. Because we really, we need to take our city back. You know, you work there. 100%. And I, I think that will be even a little bit more imminent because of this pandemic. I think it's forced the issue to the table more. So I totally agree. So where do you see, like what other parts, obviously not everybody listening to this podcast are living in the Bay Area. Like where do you see are the hot places outside of Marin County where people are moving and what are they looking for besides the actual, you know, the indoor outdoor living and things like that? What do you see as like the hot cities where people are, where you're hearing people wanting to go to? Yeah. I mean, I hate to say this, I'm not a political person, but a lot of this is tax driven. And Mm -hmm. so Austin, Texas on fire 
Nashville, Tennessee on fire. I don't mean literally, but you know, the wrong term to use right now, but Nashville, Tennessee growing enormously. South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. These are really beautiful cities that have a lot of kind of historic component to them. Not so much Austin, but the other two certainly do. And they're very affordable and you can literally get, you can buy double or triple what you can own in the, you know, most areas of the Bay Area. And there's wonderful schools. There's a great lifestyle. Certainly in Nashville, there's a great music scene going on in Austin, great restaurants and music. And so, you know, those three cities, absolutely for sure. And then of course, there's other ancillary markets that are doing very well. And those are all, a lot of people are making Florida a lot of my clients, certainly that live in Ross and surrounding areas in Marin County are opting for Florida. That's not a state that you typically see Californians moving to. Mm-hmm. And yet the tax incentivizations and the lifestyle, they're really favorable to people right now. So it's so interesting. So let's get into your book. I'm super excited. So real estate rescue. So how Americans leave billions behind in residential real estate. So what are the key things that I mean, I always think not only my phone calls, but everybody else calling you saying, hey, Tracy, like, what do I need to do to my home? Like, what are the simple things that you share with people when they're thinking about selling their home? That's a great question. And I'm almost at a point now, I I do it on FaceTime for people just as a pro bono thing to help people around the country. So you really don't even have to walk into somebody's house to understand exactly what needs to happen right now to sell your house for the highest price. So you start with the bigger umbrella component, which is if your house is not a teardown, I mean, when a home has reached a point where, you know, all the doors and windows are shot and the ceilings are low and there's a second story above it and every system it needs, then you just sell it for lot value and a little bit of structure value and you move on with your life. So this does not apply to every home. But if your home still has a significant amount of structure value and there's good ceiling height, the simplest remedy, and this is what you'll see, you'll see all the befores and afters in the book, is flooring change, wall color change, lighting changes, and super, you know, like just counter surface changes. You know, if you take the before and afters in my book and you look at the split screen between a house that had dark yellow walls and an old fashioned 1980s chandelier, you know, and you put a contemporary drum light with all white walls and modern art, it photographs like an entirely different home and sometimes brand new totally home. Totally different. Yeah. So it's about palette. It's about the consistency of the palette. And it's about the materials you're using for the marketing of homes. And you can do a lot of cheating and make your house almost look new with, with the optics of those suggestions. That's awesome. And then how do you avoid like the common emotional traps like the, well, that was my grandmother's. I mean, what do you share with people about, you know, some of those elements that they just don't want to let go of? I have to tell you, and that's why I wrote this book, actually. It's such an ironic position that we're at. I mean, if you think about what I do for a living, we're managing people's biggest asset. We are money map managers. And yet there's very little scrutinization that goes on with the vetting of real estate agents. I mean, all we have to do is be 18 years of age, 60 hours of Anthony's school, get a license and I can come tell you, Kara, anything you want to hear because you're so emotionally tethered to the asset because you have memories there. You've raised your children there. You love that chandelier when you bought it in 2002 on vacation in Bali or whatever. I can walk in and tell you what you want to hear. And the biggest challenge we have 
is telling people what they do not want to hear. That is the vortex. That's the the sort of push-pull that goes on in my job all day, every day. The irony is people that are really good at this business, they want to help people. They want you to make more money on your home. And yet the poking at us that comes back from the seller, the resistance to change, the not understanding what sells for the most amount of money. Because if you think about it, you know, you we move into our homes, right? I remember our first house, yellow Ralph chin, that chintz Ralph Lauren sofas, yellow with big floral design. You know, that one of those big heavy chandeliers that I'm talking about, yellow wall. Totally. Remember the dining rooms were always like that maroon color, like that saturated maroon. And, you know, people, what happens is people walk, they design their homes when they first purchase them and they never let go of loving them. And so when you come in 15 or 20 years later and you say, listen, I just, I'm doing this for your benefit. They don't understand white walls. They think it's stark. They think it's boring. They would never want to live in white walls. They don't understand why the walls have to change. You know, they don't like, you know, contemporary lighting. So you're fighting against people's own personal beliefs and tastes that they attach themselves to emotionally when they first bought the asset. And that's why it becomes, there's so much sort of push-pull in our business and candidly a lack of belief or trust in real estate agents because of the educational level that I referenced a few minutes ago. That's the genesis of this book. And that's why our industry is largely not believed, not trusted, because we're not, we don't have the same educational levels as a stockbroker, a lawyer, a doctor. Right. And how do you find those like great realtors? I mean, outside of you, of course, but I mean, what do you think are the key things that you really want to look for? You want to absolutely, it is so easy now with all of this information is at our fingertips. You want to look up who is consistently in the top five to seven of realtors in your area, okay? You don't want to hire Aunt Tess because she recently got licensed and you owe Aunt Tess a favor. That's what happens all the time in our business. So-and-so listened to my divorce woes. She took the time. She just got her license. I want to help her out. I'm going to give her the listing. I mean, how these decisions are made are absolutely incredulous to me, but that's how people make their real estate. The biggest asset, 40% of America's wealth is tied up in its principal residence. And yet we're handing the baton of control over that to people who have no business managing that mostly. So So, so what you do is you you look at the top five to seven or eight people that consistently perform year after year. And then you actually take their references and you call their references. How often was Tracy at your house actually showing it? How often did she follow up? You know, was her advice sound? Did the house sell percentage of original price to where it traded? What was that percentage? If it was 10, 12, 15, 20%, Tracy didn't do a great job. We should be selling our listings very close to the original price, one, 2% below at the most, if you understand what you're doing in this business. So those are the kinds of questions that people should be asking. And it's such a huge decision. I'm just really encourage people take the time to investigate who you're hiring to sell your house. And same with buyer representation. You know, there are people, you remember, Carrie, you came out from San Francisco. There are people that stumble into Ross and they don't know if some areas are shady. They didn't realize there was ambient road noise over here. They didn't realize blah, blah, blah. Like those insider, like those inside things need to be, you know, communicated to, to buyers to understand if the asset is going to really grow year after year. And what you can or can't do with a home is also obviously really important on the buy side. Do you just ask that, like, of the realtor? I mean, how do you find that, though? Like, how do you do? You ask them, 
you know, what are the shady sections in this area? Like, I mean, is that really what you ask? Yeah, I think you, I think are really, I have buyers that are pretty thorough when they're interviewing me over the phone, despite my reputation. I still get interviewed formally over the phone by buyers saying, you know, we want to understand how you work. And what I always suggest to people, and this is a really great thing to do on the buy side, once you've selected the realtor, get in the car with them and drive neighborhoods. Just go up and down streets. Tell me about the left side of the street. Tell me about the right side. Tell me where that house last traded and why did it go up to 5 million versus that one never really. Like ask those questions in a drive-thru. I always tell people it's about two to three hours of car time to really educate people on a community. And it's great time, very well invested on the buy side. I love it. That's awesome. So do you feel like, what is the number one thing that people need to do? I mean, you talked about colors and staging. I mean, are you, do you believe staging is an important thing for most people? Yes. I mean, I almost won't take, it's not that I won't take a listing if somebody won't stage their home. There are less expensive alternatives to staging. And actually this year, for some reason, I've been using this alternative very consistently. So if you don't want to spend, you know, on average in Marin County, it's somewhere between, you know, 12,000, 15,000 on the low end into about 30,000 for a larger home for staging, art, accessories, et cetera. I cannot tell you how big of a return there is on that. I understand because I run numbers all day, every day, and I watch homes that were staged and the seller got sick of showing them and took the staging out. It costs people about $300,000 in an over $1.5 million price range to remove staging. That's how critical it is to showing your asset. If you don't have the money to stage and you have some pieces that are usable and things that are workable, there's two great alternative furniture rental companies. You can live on the furniture. You can use it, unlike staging. And they're doing a pretty good job with you know monthly furniture rental right now. Then you can go and rent good, great contemporary art at MoMA. So there's ways to stage without having to do that full throttle investment that will still really improve the value of your home. So you know, unless you, your house was just done by a top designer, that is a critical component of making the most amount of money on your house. That's awesome. So people looking for, you know, to get into a business, do you think actually buying and selling real estate is something that is a viable solution? I, I mean, obviously people are, you know, many people are in a situation today where they're trying to figure out what they want to do next. So either furloughed or, you know, fired from their position or their company is not doing great. What do you think about real estate as a profession? Yeah. I mean, I think it's so interesting, Carol. You know, when I was working in my thirties and forties in this business, I mean, I didn't really know that many people who are my contemporaries doing it. It's very interesting to watch once people get a little bit older, they want more flexibility and they want to be able to still go to their children's, you know, recitals or whatever. It's a great business because there is flexibility. It doesn't mean you don't work all the time if you're going to be really good at it, but it has a little bit more of a malleability to it. I think it's an incredible business. I think if you put your head down and work very, very hard and you do this, I mean, it's a 24, it's not 24 seven, but it's almost that you have to be incredibly responsive. You have to call people right back. You've got, it doesn't matter if you're on vacation. It does not matter if you're having a child in the hospital. You have to respond to your clients. I mean, 
Think about if you're going to lose a house and your agent isn't available and you're in some kind of, you know, that house is going to get sold and somebody isn't picking up the phone, there will be somebody else who will pick up the phone for you. So you constantly got that pressure on you. So I think it's an incredible business. Our fee structure, ironically, really hasn't changed since I got into the business. People thought, oh, real estate agents are going to be necessary. You know, there'll be algorithmic machine that will go ahead and do deals. That is just, it's actually the opposite right now. The transactions are so complicated. There's such a great legal component to what we do for a living that you just, you really cannot rely on algorithms and data to go buy, represent yourself to buy or sell homes. It doesn't work. So, and as far as flipping goes, I think the flipping business is great. I think there's always margins in markets that aren't quite as frothy as what's going on right now. I mean, you have to literally go after markets like I just did in San Francisco that have, you know, that have renowned softening. You can't, I've noticed in Marin County in the last like five years, it's been very hard to find margins to flip because everything's bid up so much by owner users. Uh, The developers haven't really been doing a lot in Marin in the last five years. So that's really a market specific choice. That's interesting. Where do you think that's possible where you could go into a market? Aspen, Colorado. (laughs) I mean, Aspen's, you know, is one of the frothiest markets in this country. When it dips, it hardly dips and it recovers right away. It just has so much demand from all over the country and all over the world. So the core, the downtown area right now is priced out, but the areas just around the core, I think still have great, great margins in them because there's such surging demand to be in places like Aspen. You know, Colorado is a great state for investment, I think right now. Yeah, I totally agree. So what are the key things? Like, why should people buy this book? I'm curious what you what you would say. I mean, for me as a homeowner, I learned a, I learned a ton, but I also think that for a person, you know, that's thinking about it as a business, I think that that's where I learned a ton about this as well and it got me really thinking, but I'm curious. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I mean, I think you buy the book because it what does it take 4 or 5 hours to read that book? The most impactful component of that book is helping people understand how much they need to neutralize themselves and disassociate themselves from their biggest asset to do the very best job they can selling it. It's a very strange, I mean, you know, you don't get emotionally tethered to your stocks that you buy. You bought an apartment building, you decided to sell it, you and be really emotionally tethered to your apartment building. It's the only asset where there's this like blend of emotions, attachment, and money, and it makes it very convoluted. So I think reading that, there's a lot of case study you can see in that book about why people do that, how they overinflate the opinion of their own home's value. So a lot of the case studies, a lot of the research we did, I think were really interesting to show people why you should not do that. And then of course, it gets into a lot of more pragmatic things like you know, every time I walk into a house and someone does that kind of ouch, like, oh God, we, we didn't even want to tell you, but we actually built, you know, 500 square feet without permits. And I just do that. Please tell me you didn't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Why'd you do that? There's practical components to the book too. Like you're either going to pay for those permits and get burned when you sell the house. You're going to pay for those permits at some point. Do it before you sell your home. The, the complexities that arise out of last minute sort of surprises really cost people their asset. I mean, I can't, everything I'm doing in my business right now is to avoid risk, 
and avoid surprises and have a very well-oiled, organized machine where once that house goes into contract, that's the end of it. We can all go back home, go to bed, relax. You know, we do pre-listing inspections so that the buyers sign off on those and all the seller disclosures. There's a way to sell houses that's very organized, that avoids risk, that avoids you nail-biting through the process, which is really critical. So... That's awesome. Well, it's such a great book. And again, it's called Real Estate Rescue. And where do people find Tracy? I mean, it's like I said, you're uh, working on a few different things coming up. So for sure. But Tracy McLaughlin on that's your Instagram. Yes, yes. Tracy at McLaughlin. And it's I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And the book can be purchased on Amazon. Real Estate Rescue. Yep. Very, very cool. I love it. Great. Well, and I always ask this last question, what makes you unstoppable, Tracy? I've got a few ideas, but... Well, I'm lucky that I can juggle a lot of things at one time and keep them all organized in my head. So I think the ability to be thinking about five things and doing three other things at the same time is a bit of being unstoppable. And also just extremely hard work, long hours and not really putting anything other than my family and you know and friends before my business sort of getting all the business done and then going and enjoying my day so of that limit. I love it I love it super awesome great well everybody go out and buy real estate rescue and Tracy thank you so much for coming on I really really appreciate it and if you guys like this podcast please go on and Give it a great review and definitely subscribe to Unstoppable with Kara Golden. And thank you for joining us today. Super great. If you like what you heard, please help spread the word and leave us a review. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? please talk to me at Kara Golden on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable. Unstoppable. unstoppable.